Welcome to the Grumpy Metalheads podcast with the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and Shrub666. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Grumpy Metalheads podcast. I'm the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and I'm joined as ever by the man, the myth, the <laughs> behemoth that is Shrub666. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good this morning. I don't know where pretty that good. came from, yeah. Uh, what have you been listening to this week, my friend? Uh, only a few things, but um, we'll start off with something that's completely bonkers. Lovely OTT and it's Power Wolf and their new album, Call of the Wild. This band have been around a while now. They formed in Germany in about 2004, Saarbrücken to be precise in Germany. But it, it's the proper quintessential European power metal yep. that you everyone detests and hates, <laughs> really. But um, there, are, there are good bands out there that do this and this is definitely one of them. I think with some of their earlier stuff, I was a bit hit and miss with a couple of their stuff. Some of it I thought was just too much. But this time, they've got the right level of pompousness, OTT, choral and orchestral balance. Just It just seems to be just right throughout the whole song. Yeah, it, it it's just hilarious because they sing about stupid things like werewolves and, and, and like fantasy stuff like that. So it, it is definitely your proper quintessential power metal. <laughs> Yeah, I think but, with, I think with bands like this, there's a tendency to put out just the same song with you know different words on there, and yeah. there's definitely different songs than they've normally done. They've not because Sacrament and Sin is, I think, a fantastic album and won all sorts of awards. And I thought that they were just going to do the same thing again, and they really haven't. And they've they've tried to explore new things and be experimental. And I I think they're one of the best power metal bands out there at the moment. Yeah, and he's definitely one of the best power metal vocalists as well. He's yeah, actually a oh my proper God. baritone vocalist, and you can tell. But they they add add the choral elements to sort of like expand his vocals, if that makes sense. They just to add depth, even more depth to a baritone vocalist, and and they certainly do it so well. Like the the two standout tracks for me are. Track number two, The Beast of Gavoldan, and another one, a couple of tracks on called um, Varkalak. And because that Varkalak sort of like kind of opens up, like, like, you know, when you see like war films and stuff like that, they're based sort of like on the Russian front and Stalingrad and Lenin. It sounds like that. It sounds like how you imagine all that sort of like orchestral movement and stuff like that happening. And it was, and, but it's just great. But you can imagine these songs being proper full sing along songs live as well. They're amazing and, live. They're, they are and that's, amazing. That's what, that's what kind of the feel I get from this album even more is it feels like it feels like they've built an album that's going to be fully interactive with fans if they play it live, and and it has that that whole feel about it that you'll you'll be pumped up listening to it. Yes, you're gonna sit there doing your your cheesy bingo. They're gonna do the the swinging backwards and forwards of the the guitarists together and stuff like that. That they'll have all of that but it'd be just done in a sort of like kind of epic showy way and and the music will go with it and the choruses you can sing along to or there'll be certain elements that the crowd can sing along with. Like just with Verkalak, they can just shout that bit as the chorus kicks in because it's like 
it comes on as part of well, actually it comes on as part of every verse just just the title and it's just like this is just fantastic it's just yeah it's a it's a proper uplifting album it's really um, ha- and yeah and i love all the special edition songs later on with they've got guest vocalists from amon and marth trivium ailstorm lord of the lost and i just it, it's and doro pesh and doro just to tell me a little <laughs> bit where um <laughs> where does doro fit into your life shrubs <laughs> she's been an <laughs> an element of my life since i was about 14 years old when she was in warlock Oh, so one so, bank, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, well and truly, she's been a fantasy of mine forever. <laughs> she's been <laughs> a fantasy forever. And my God, if you see pictures of her now, she is still absolutely stunning. And she doesn't look as if she's aged that much from the 80s. It's ridiculous. I don't know what she's doing with her life. She's amazing. Heavy metal vampire. Um, yes. Okay, what would you give... Um... What would you give this power off? I gave this an absolute solid eight out of ten. I mean, it, it's it, it's rock solid, uh, um, but it's going to be a. It's definitely not going to be an album for everyone. There's definitely going to be a lot of people out there that don't like this genre, and the, the, and there'll be no converting them, giving them this album either. I mean, it's definitely up there as one of their best as well. So maybe might push a bit bit further, eight point five. But without a shadow of doubt, it's happily in an eight. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, what else have you been listening to, Shrubs? Where are we now? Let's go to Year of No Light, uh, and their new album is Consolamentum, out on Pelagic Records. This band have been around, again, for 20 years now, uh, France. This is their fifth album, so they're not super prolific in terms of output um, over 20 years, So, but they're consistent. And I, I saw them, I got into them because I saw them many many years ago at temples fest the doomed temples fest down in bristol and they played there and and they blew me away on stage completely instrumental and this album is is no different that that's what they that's the style they play it's very much sludge doom post metally instrumental i know you don't like this so much and struggle to get into this sort of stuff but this is really good if you like um if you want to hear sort of like instrumental version of cult of luna and the ocean and stuff like that. Basically, each one of the songs on this album, there's not many tracks on it. It's five tracks, but it's 55 minutes long. But because it's all instrumental, it's just like every song is standalone on its own and has its own individual journey. And at times they whack in some blast beats and make it feel like it's a bit of a blackmail album. And, you know, they, they go through all the genres. A lot of, most of the songs will start off really gentle, really quiet and then just build and then kick off. But not all of them kick off to blast beats, but some of them just kick off into just just lovely riffs, just full on sounds, proper good quality production on this all the way through. But, and this is like I say, they're not prolific. This is their first album in eight years. So it's been eight years between this album and the one before, which kind of ties in with about Temples Fest. <laughs> so. Yeah, so they've put out five songs in eight years. Yes. <laughs> With a career spanning 20 songs. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What would you give this one out of 10? I gave this a, a solid 8 out of 10 as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's the album closer that ends up feeling like there's a bit of black metal going on at the end, but it takes seven minutes to get there. <laughs> and then um, speaking of kicking off, I know you've been listening to a Rise Against album. Tell me about that. Yeah. yeah. Their, their latest album, Nowhere Generation, and... Well, this band have been around for decades now. Um, 
again, I think it's 22 years now or something they've been going. And this is their ninth album. Um, this is definitely for fans of things like Bad, uh, yeah, bad Religion, Anti-Flag, maybe a little bit of Agnostic Front in the early days. They, they started off a bit more of a hardcore punk band and have kind of now switched. It got still got the hardcore mentality of the social view of, of the world, but they've kind of dropped the hardcore sound a little bit and got more into sort of like the pop punk sound, but still with like real deep, meaningful lyrics, socially political lyrics. But they also do, do, do personal lyrics like, you know, grief and loss and stuff like that as well. So but they have this kind of upbeat feel about everything because so I mean I, I was just for this I was looking like researching a little bit more about them and and their view on on their songwriting was that although life's shit they try to find the hope in everything <laughs> and 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 when you go back and then start to listen to their songs you kind of start to hear that the the fact that yes things are bad but there is something to try and find and grab hold of and try and change it by grabbing hold of that that thing that you can sit there and see the hope of. And um, this album, for me, is filled with it. I mean, um, you've got a song called Broken Dreams Incorporated, Nowhere Generation, The Numbers. All of that just kind of tells you what the album's like, really. I mean, Nowhere Generation is talking about people that just feel like they, they've got they're going nowhere because like society is destroyed kind of the gap that people used to be able to have hope from going from lower class to middle class to upper class they've just got rid of that middle class gap and it's gone and there's no hope of stepping out of that low class because the rich just keep getting richer and further away so again it's one of those sort of like left proper left-wing socialist thing broken dreams incorporated is i suppose another element of that where you can have these dreams, but the institutions are not going to allow you to fulfill those dreams or very few people are actually going to get to fulfill those dreams. And the numbers, it's another one about saying there's there's more of us than there is of them. And maybe we need to stand up. The silent numbers need to stand up for the change that they want. So there's a lot of those are the songs that I picked out because they kind of just resonated with me on a on a political level and but it just has this like upbeat feel musically about it although the lyrics could be a little bit downheartening with elements of hope in it but it's the music that enhances the hope element I think is the way I like to look at it and what would, and you, what would you give it out of 10? I've given this an 8.5 8 out of 10. That's I think it's their best album for a, a long time. Um, have they been around for a long time? Yeah, yeah, since 1999, they've been going, like I say, this is their ninth album. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite prolific with, with their... It, obviously, they've had a bit more of a longer gap because of COVID and not being able to get in the studio and recording because supposedly a lot of this stuff was written in 2019 and ready to go in sort of like 2019-20. But then obviously it all got panned back because of COVID and, and restrictions of being able to get into a studio and recording and and stuff like that so that's why it got delayed and put back and recorded i think early this year and then obviously put out now okay something that i've been listening to this week was uh, a split ep between vampiric rights and Vam vampireska i think it is and it's called the drowning void which i think is a beautiful title it's bleak as fuck but this this album sorry this ep is i thought it was wonderful there's so many different playlists that this ended up on so it ended up on my black and roll 
playlist. It ended up in my favourite black metal playlist. There's even some thrash in there, some black and death metal in there. It's There's a song on there called Encompassing Death's Lightless Flame. And it's a six-minute song, but some of the riffs in that song are just fantastic. I absolutely love this song, and I, I kept going back and listening to it again and again, and the volume just got higher and higher. And that's and um, Vampireska did that one. Uh, and then Wampiric Rights, they seemed to turn the production down way low, and they did um, 18 minutes, a two-part song called Tragedy of Existence. And that, Ooh, that is, sounds great. Yeah, that, that is like very shoegazy black metal, but it, it's a real odyssey of black metal. It, it takes you on a real journey. It goes up, it goes down, it goes fast, it goes slow. It's got the traditional black metal vocals, and I absolutely love this. And um, I think I'd give this one a solid 8.5 out of 10 as well. That sounds good. It sounds worth checking out, that one. Definitely. I'll send you it over. Okay, yeah. my friend, what else have you been listening to this week? Uh, that, that's been it, apart from, because there hasn't been a great deal of sort of like worthwhile releases in terms of albums-wise, but there's been some great songs released, like um, the new Zilanada song is cracking, and I really, really can't wait for that to come out. There's a new track from Worm Shepherd. I, I really like that if you want some death metal Aborted have got a new album coming out and they've released two tracks so far which are sounding really really good there's another power metal band that basically sing about sort of like the, the Roman era I, I believe the, the band are actually Italian as well and they're called XDO they're really good if you if you again if you like Power Wolf type stuff who else was there Hideous Divinity have got some new stuff on the way so their new song is good nice. but it really has been a few just <coughs> been like I think we're going to end up with a glut in, in August and September of of albums coming out. So I think that this period seems to be a little bit quiet, but it could well be because of like COVID and people not being able to record like yeah. last year and the end of this year. And so a lot of recordings have been delayed until more recently. So a lot of the albums that were due to be coming out have been pushed back. And I, and I think that's why we're just having uh, limited options in terms of actual full albums coming out. There is definitely a lot. I mean, I think albums are coming because there's a lot of singles being published yeah. um, to, give, to build up that promotion for those albums coming out. Like I say, definitely go check out the New Zealandada. That's that's really, really good. Yeah. And I've just got one more for people to listen to. Um, a band called If I Were the Devil and... That, oh, that's the album, the band. Oh, no, it's a self-titled album. I apologise. So the band is If I Were the Devil. And the album is If I Were the Devil. And I started listening to this because of the front cover. Just go and check it out. It's amazing. Very nice breasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is very black and rolly. Again, I've been listening to lots of black and roll recently, but this one's particularly weird. And there's some amazing songs on there. Uh, I would particularly recommend Satanarchy which is a really, really, really good song. Really solid black and roll here. But we've got no more time for new releases because it is our time of the week where we discuss Shrubs's essential metal listening. So what have you got, my friend? I, I, I'm going to take you all the way back. No, hang on, I've forgotten which year this actually came out. Let me go and check it again, just to be on the safe side. Here we go, and take you all the way back to 1991 now. What? And what an album... I've chosen for you. It's by a band called Pestilence who have actually released an album this year uh, and it's their album, Testimony of the Ancients. Yes, I love this one. 
it's it, it's one of the best examples of technical death metal you'll ever hear. You just think of like death and then amp it up a little bit, <laughs> and and you kind of get to it with even heavier death vocals than death did. Well, certainly the latter part of um, Chuck Schuldner's life anyway, he started to calm his death vocals down. But this is a magnificent example of technical death metal. You've got, well, for a start, there's 16 tracks on this album, which is ridiculous. And it's only 42 minutes long. So, <laughs> yeah. However, seven of those tracks are sort of like instrumentals and uh, you, most of them are around 30 seconds long. There's only two of them that are up around a minute out of those seven tracks. Yeah. So, and, and that's, for me, that's the only downside of this album is a lot of those sort of like interludes aren't worth it. I can't remember which one it is. Let me just, oh yeah, it's Impure. I think it's Impure. It is amazing as an instrumental because I think it's like a, a like a mini sort of like bass solo. But when you get into the actual songs, you can hear everything. You can hear the bass, you can hear the guitars, you can hear the drums. And the bass isn't just it playing along with just a basic riff pattern or the drums. It's actually doing lots, lots of bits as well, which really properly add to this. And and the two songs for me that stand out are Testimony, which is obviously the title track, and Stigmatized. Those two are just absolute magnificence. Um, you know, Bands today that are doing this technical death metal, like Archspire, who else? I've just had a band just go completely out of my head. Um, but bands of that ilk, uh, Archspire, all of those, they would have stemmed from death and this band, Pestilence, without a shadow of a doubt, they would have been stemming from, from this completely. And, and listening to it again, it doesn't sound like it's from 1991 at all. It, what, it, what year does it sound like it's from? It sounds like it could have been released this year. Oh my I god! Mean, the quality, the quality of it is that good, and and it's just so so good that it it still could compete quite happily with a lot of the releases that we'll hear this year or have heard in the last four or five years of tech death metal bands. You know, it will compete. It could compete with those quite happily still to this very day. However, their latest album doesn't quite hit this mark. I, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't. I've listened to it and it doesn't hit this the mark of this album. No, but I've listened to it. I mean, I like I like the latest one. It's just not as good as this one. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Let's uh, let people make up their own minds on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely check this one out. Um, yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Um, okay, so this brings us to the end of another episode, Shrubs. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, everyone, make sure you get all of that metal in your ears right now. And we will see you all again next week. <laughs>